think we are all often um, going, 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 going. And I think we're very quick to ascribe symptoms to it's just because I have so much going on and when I have time, I'll kind of sift through it. Right. Or we right. say, well, it's because I'm getting older. Yep. I'm going to hear that all the time. And, and it's really like we know our body so well. And so if there is anything that seems off, rather than ascribing it to lack of sleep or, or to just being more stressed, which, yep. again, those are important factors, but you really want to have it investigated. Um, you, you don't want to just be told it's because you're getting older and you should just rest more if you're an athlete. Um, there right. usually is something off. Um, there really is. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners, welcome back. Today's episode is brought to you by Champion System Custom Cycling, Running, and Triathlon Apparel. Their website is champ-sys.com, C-H-A-M-P-S-Y-S.com. Why do I love Champion System and why is it the cycling and triathlon gear that I use? Well, for starters, the chamois in the shorts are amazing. I wore my Champion System bibs for the Dirty Kanza back in June. That's right, 206 miles and about 16 hours in the saddle and I didn't have a single issue. In addition, their gear is really, really awesome. It's lightweight, zippers are great, seams are great. As I mentioned, the chamois is great. I love their cycling gear, but also their triathlon and their running gear. And I've worked with them for several different custom kits that I've designed. Their art department is really, really easy to work with. And their production time frame is actually among the shortest in the industry. It's about four to six weeks from design submission until your goodies are on your doorstep. Not only that, but the folks behind Champion System are some of the people that have been with me since the beginning of my cycling career, and they are based in my home state of Nebraska. So you are in good hands if you do your business with Champion System. I can't recommend them enough. Visit their website at champ-sys.com and tell them that Megan at Maximum Enthusiasm sent you. Hello listeners, what is up? Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is someone I can honestly say has revolutionized my life and has helped me thrive on a whole nother level. If you know me at all, you know that I live a pretty healthy, clean life, especially this year. I gave up drinking in the year of 2018, switched to a pretty much plant-based diet, uh, was heavily influenced by Rich Roll and his book, Finding Ultra, as well as his podcast, which led to the creation of this very podcast and sent me down the rabbit hole of plant-based documentaries like Forks Over Knives, Food Matters, In Search of Balance. It got me reading books by Dave Asprey, Bulletproof, Headstrong. I dug into Dr. Mark Hyman's book, What the Heck Should I Eat? You know, it just kept reinforcing a lot of the same messages for me. I found myself being asked to write a book for a legal publishing company about the concept of trial athlete, this business that I launched this year, just talking about how lawyers could really thrive and frankly win in the legal space if they just took better care of themselves. And so all of this kind of converged in a really interesting way for me earlier this year, 
2018. And it happened during a time that I was down in Arizona. A trial had settled, and so I had this really unique opportunity to escape to a warm, sunny place for about six weeks. And um, while I was down there, I was still doing a lot of business work and a lot of work stuff and was tackling some pretty big business investment opportunity type things. But then I was also at the same time doing a much bigger training load, volume load, um, was doing these monster group rides and was posting these really big TSS training stress scores of 700, 800 a week. And so basically, emotionally and immensely, mentally and mentally and emotionally had put myself in a pretty big stress hole. And then at the same time had put myself in this pretty big kind of physical fatigue hole. And the, the really interesting culmination of all of that is, um, I guess the best way for me to describe this for our listeners is to share some of the symptoms that I began experiencing. And let me just preface this by saying that I think it takes a certain amount of self-inquiry and self-awareness to start to notice some of these changes in how we feel and our thought pattern and our behavior. Um, and so I just want to bring these things to the forefront of your mind and sort of you can start to kind of take inventory of yourself and your day and your feelings and your cravings and your sleep patterns and your thought patterns and start to kind of maybe think about some of these things in your own life. Um, so let me just share some of the things I started to really notice in that unique cross-section of this physical, mental, emotional um, increase of stress. And it was that I had these insane, overwhelming, compulsive cravings for sugar. I told someone that it was like the hands at the end of my arms weren't even connected to me the way that they were constantly reaching for sugar. Um, couldn't get enough dessert, couldn't get enough Skittles, was adding sugar to everything. Uh, started tracking my calories and realized that I was in, ingesting, you know, three to 400 grams of sugar a day, which was really out of character for me. And, you know, candidly, I was quick to dismiss that behavioral change um, in light of the fact that I had quit drinking this year. It was sort of a psychological observation that because I wasn't enjoying an alcoholic beverage here or there or after dinner with dinner, I was rationalizing more my, um, quote, deservingness of dessert. Um, since I didn't have a glass of wine, I'm going to have a piece of cake sort of thing. And also just during the day sort of saying, well, since I'm not drinking and I gave up that vice, I deserve um, this vice being these sugary whatever. So that was an interesting uh, observation. And with that, I started to notice these really big surges in energy. And as you might imagine, when you ingest a bunch of sugar, of course, you have an immediate energy spike, and then you have the associated crash and sort of riding that wave all day long being in and of itself quite exhausting and fatiguing. Um, recognizing that I was seeking out more and more caffeine to kind of get myself through the day. Also starting to notice that sleep was becoming more disrupted. Uh, stress was breaking through my sleep at night. And I kind of describe it as like punching through my sleep because it's like a thought or two will creep in and you're still mostly asleep. And then there becomes this awareness for me that I'm starting to think about those things. And I actually try to shut them out and force myself to go back to sleep before it's too late. And then sort of, I'm so into the stressful thought pattern that now suddenly I'm wide awake and I have no choice but to just get up and start taking action. And that's a very unfortunate thing to experience at two or three in the morning. So that paired with also trying to then catch up on sleep by um, attempting to take a nap in the afternoon, uh, whether it was on a weekday or a weekend, and realizing that I was so jacked 
on whatever, sugar, stress, caffeine, that I couldn't shut down to even take a 30-minute nap. And so that was indicative of something to me because normally I don't have a really big problem with sleep and can sleep pretty soundly. So I had those things going on. At the same time, I realized that I was putting on weight around my midsection while the rest of my body was staying essentially the same or fairly lean. This was also an interesting trend for me to notice and just the way that it sort of happened suddenly and was very noticeable to me. And so I thought, well, that's interesting and it probably flows from the sugar intake, but why is my behavior shifting this way. Um, and during all this emotionally and physiologically, I was feeling symptoms of like burnout, um, fatigue, starting to have what I would say would be like depressive type symptoms, just having negative, um, feelings and negative energy, um, just not being my normal energetic, positive, you know, optimistic self. And again, that takes a certain level of awareness that I think does take a certain amount of just time and presence, so I would encourage you to check in on those things. And a friend of mine on a bike ride said something about, have you ever looked into adrenal fatigue? And I hadn't, and I'd never really explored it. So I started to look this up on the internet. And of course, there's all these different types of tests and assessments you can do. But the important thing was my cycling coach at the time said, I actually think it might be worth you getting some blood work just to see what's going on. You could have some um, blood issues. You could have thyroid issues. You could have anemia. You could have... Um, you know, an autoimmune disorder, you could be celiacs and not even know it. Like, why not just get to the bottom of things? And I thought that was a brilliant strategy because how better to get answers than to deal with the hard science and the objectivity that blood work can give us. And I've always historically gotten blood work every year at my annual physical and have been told that I was normal in all respects. And yet the way I was feeling told me that something was off. And so I pursued this functional medicine doctor named Dr. Kiki Silver up in Boulder. And I had also been listening to Dr. Mark Hyman on his podcast talking about ways that we as uh, Western, um, you know, medicine believers, we basically wait until your symptoms get so bad. And he uses the example of diabetes. We wait until your um, numbers are so bad that we can then put you on diabetic medication as opposed to addressing what's going on with your blood sugar and why are these things happening, getting to the root cause of things before any medication or medical intervention is necessary. And so that really resonated with me. And so we did. We started to dig into my cortisol, which I've learned so much about as a stress hormone and the, and the reasons your body, you know, secretes cortisol and then the problems that happen when it's constant and chronic and the ways that our body combats it, especially when paired with, um, you know, a physical drain from exercise and training and um, the ways that cortisol then drives sugar cravings because your body's trying to fuel this fire that's constantly burning in this fight or flight mode. And we also realized I had this crazy random food allergy, which was causing a runny nose. I had no clue. I mean, if you can just even imagine one small thing, like having this troublesome, annoying runny nose in your life, and if you could just suddenly make it stop, not through overcounting the medication, not through a prescription drug, but by virtue of just one small behavior change. And for me, it was giving up hazelnut coconut creamer in my coffee. Um, crazy, brilliant, easy, like, Game changer, right? Having also read Dave Asprey's books at the time, dealing with bulletproof coffee, 
was trying to get off of dairy, was trying to get off of sugar myself, switched over to Bulletproof Coffee, adding all this extra amazing fat into my diet as a result, and also with Dr. Silver's um, recommendation and suggestion that I do so, adding more fat. Um, that's been amazing because fat keeps you hungry longer and sati satiated and keeps you fuller, and it also helps um, fuel your brain with these MCT, multi-chain triglyceride um, oils that are part of the Bulletproof Coffee recipe. And so with that, then I saw a reduction in craving for sugar and with some lifestyle changes and just some consciousness about my stress, I was able to start bringing my cortisol levels down. You know, we also realized that I was incredibly deficient in vitamin D and B12. Those are things that we addressed fairly easily and straightforward. One of the things I've started doing is a morning walk every morning in the sun, no sunglasses, and obviously if it's warm enough with as much sun exposed on my arms and legs as possible, because even though I'm an outside athlete and I'm riding my bike all the time, I typically have sunscreen on or clothing on or sunglasses on, and we were working on more vitamin D absorption. And we also, of course, added just a basic vitamin D supplement to my day. Um, another thing we did was a couple rounds of B12 injections, again, finding that I'm B12 deficient. Certainly you can get B12 in certain foods, but because I was heavily plant-based at the time, we decided to go ahead and supplement with the injections, saw those numbers rebound quite quickly. I mean, it's just so fantastic that you can take this empirical data hidden within your body and within your blood work. Um, and I think you can probably hear the passion in my voice as I'm talking about this because your body can give you the answers. And I think it's up to us to say, what are you trying to tell me? and spend the money to go see a functional medicine doctor like I did with Dr. Silver. These are, these are not t things that your health insurance is going to pay, but honestly, if it's the opportunity for you to live your best life possible and to thrive, is it not worth it? And for me, I keep my HSA fully funded every year for things just like this. And so it was a no-brainer for me to do the intake, the initial investigation, the research into family history. It prompted a great conversation with my parents to talk about their medical history. And then to sit down with Dr. Silver and start to explore some of these things, she called in 13 vials of blood work, which the lady at the lab was like, my God, you might as well just donate blood today. You know, it was a lot, but hey, listen, we ran all kinds of panels. We wanted to eliminate things like uh, autoimmune disorder, or celiac disease. Um, there was all kinds of exploration into potential food allergies and just honestly, a bunch of things that my symptoms could have been trying to tell me was happening. And so we were able to make these changes, these adjustments. She had me come back in for follow-up work four or so months later, and we saw that the levels on the, the D and the B12, we saw the cortisol level having come back down well within the normal range instead of being over the top of the range. We saw that some of my hormones, estrogen, testosterone, had reset themselves back into a range that we had hoped, which was being... I could tell it was also reflected in my energy levels. And what was interesting to me is one of the discussions I had with Dr. Silver where she said, Megan, I honestly don't know based on the things I'm seeing how you're getting through your day and through these workouts other than sheer will. And she absolutely made me feel validated in that moment. And my blood work made me feel validated because that's how I felt. I felt like I was working so hard to get through the day, to have clear thoughts, to get through my workouts. And given the way that I was eating so well, more or less, and sleeping, I felt like it was harder than it should be. And she delivered that to me on that silver platter and basically said, yeah, like you're working at a disadvantage because these things in your body, these needs are not being met and we can fix this. 
and it's been a game changer. It's been a life-altering experience for me. I will preach it from the rooftops to as many people that will listen as possible. And I'm sharing a lot of my personal story, and I apologize for this long introduction on this one, but I just can't emphasize enough how miraculous and magical this process is and honestly, at its core, how simplistic it is, literally taking blood work and letting your body tell you what's going on. But I'm just so grateful that this experience happened when it did. I'm so thankful to my cycling coach for making this connection to Dr. Silver. And I'm now so feeling so blessed with the opportunity to share this wisdom and experience with you and to share her with you. And I, I really can't recommend enough that you pursue a functional medicine doctor near where you live and get a recommendation from a friend or a family member. Find someone with that MD background, perhaps someone who's also an athlete. If you're an athlete, I will say that's something else that attracted me to Dr. Silver. She's a very competitive triathlete. Um, so she gets it, right? And um, I don't know, just press go. Pretty much figure out a way to pay for it if finances are a challenge. Find out if your health insurance will help you. Um, this is the way to thrive. Like this is the physiological path to thriving in your life. We can talk about sleep and nutrition and, and all the things all day long, but until you know what your body's telling you it needs, I think you're still basically guessing most of the time. So all of that to say, functional medicine is where it's at. I highly recommend books like uh, Own the Day, Own Your Life by Aubrey Marcus, Headstrong and the Bulletproof Diet by Dave Asprey. Uh, if you want a completely different and sometimes conflicting take on things, read Rich Roll's book, Chasing or Finding Ultras, uh, where he's very vegan and very plant-based in his approach. Check out Dr. Hyman's book, uh, What the Heck Do I Eat?, Start digging into these things, finding out what resonates with you. Maybe watch the documentary, Forks Over Knives, um, even maybe Food Inc. if you want some inspiration um, for why plant-based is really the way to live. There are so many great documentaries on Netflix and Amazon that talk about ways, um, or I should say stories of people who have reversed their health conditions by just eliminating animal products and um, switching to plant-based diet, getting off all of their diabetic medication and so on. What we eat is truly transformative, and we are what we eat, which is why I was so stoked to have Eileen from GoFarm on the show earlier, an earlier episode. All that to say, anyway, I am going to wrap this up, I promise. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the way to living a life of maximum enthusiasm. Check out Dr. Kiki Silver's website. We'll have a link to it on our website. You guys go out and kick ass in your life. Thrive. Show up with maximum enthusiasm. Do something nice for a stranger today. And as you're checking out at the next cash register, I challenge you to ask the person ringing up your groceries how their day's been and then just listen. Have a great day. She is a lifesaver uh, based on my own personal experience, and she uh, helped me basically revolutionize my health in the spring of 2018, earlier this year. Uh, it was interesting to me, I guess, sort of my 
process in finding you, Dr. Silver, was that I was doing so much work with therapists and counselors kind of working on the inside me, and it, it occurred to me, it dawned on me that I needed to figure out the physiological inside of me, what was actually physiologically happening to cause me to feel the way I was feeling. In other words, I realized I couldn't just keep willing my way through things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and so um, you have an MD, and then you have this specialty in functional medicine. Is that right? That is correct, yes. And so um, I want to really focus our show today on ways that we can bring value to our listeners and give them some actual takeaways and tips. Obviously, the number one tip would be to visit you or someone like you who practices in the functional medicine field um, to figure out exactly what's going on inside themselves. And so can you just talk a little bit about that and kind of share the process that we went through in terms of you know, the investigation of my past and my medical history and environmental causes and things like that? Absolutely. Um, so firstly, obviously, thank you so much for your warm introduction, um, truly. And um, I, you know, it has been really, really wonderful just working with you and seeing in such a short span of time when we clearly identified um, what etiologies really existed um, for you in terms of how do we get you feeling better? And then once you implemented them, how quickly you felt better, um, I think is really, really critical. And, and to, to go further a bit, um, you know, on, on what you said regarding, you know, you'd done all this work and all this research and worked with therapists, but you still didn't feel right. Uh-huh. And I think that there really is only so much we can do when we're sort of in this dark area of not knowing um, because then we don't know, well, what, what do I do? And, and oftentimes we may go to the internet or we might go right. to friends who have similar symptoms and then we try to do what they're doing and we get increasingly frustrated because whatever magic bullet there was for somebody else is really um, not helping me. And so really the the goal, in my opinion, of medical care um, is to highly individualize the analysis and to individualize treatment. What do I mean by that? So so traditionally um, there is what we call screening in, in medicine. So we go to doctors to screen for health conditions, which by and large is really important when we're talking about care for a large population of individuals. Um, Oftentimes then the screening will focus in on cholesterol or blood sugar as cardiovascular disease, meaning heart disease, um, or diabetes are increasingly prevalent. And so yes, we want to cast that net. However, when we look more at the individual patient, um, it no longer really is perhaps as meaningful to go in every year for the same battery of cholesterol and diabetes when we, <laughs> that may not be our health issue, right. meaning we may never have had high cholesterol. We may not have anybody in our family who has diabetes or heart disease. And so why do I want my healthcare dollars to go to that same panel of tests when maybe for me, my genetics, my lifestyle, and my current symptoms really should preferentially direct that analysis to what for me would be important. Um, And so so I kind of go through that because um, even when we talk about like, what do we, you know, you've had your experience, can we take from what we ran from you and apply it to somebody else? And the answer is kind of a resounding no. 
know <laughs> to the extent that your genetics and again what you eat and what your what your level of athleticism is, is is very different maybe from somebody else and so we can't necessarily use that same battery of tests across the board does that make sense how oh, kind of how am i explaining it absolutely um, yeah it's perfect and, and if you could draw like draw a I distinction think, between what sorry, someone, go ahead. well if you could draw a distinction between what someone would normally experience as you said the panoply of typical tests uh compared to what you do in other words how does the background and the initial investigation yeah, help question. you decide what to do good question so so and again this is where um my husband often is, is so perplexed by the medical system in that um if he sees one doctor for a quote-unquote annual exam, he may have one panel of lab tests done. If he sees a different doctor for an annual exam in a different facility, it may be a completely different panel of tests. So meaning that there's unfortunately not really standardization of what will be included in an annual exam or included in an annual blood test. Um, So depending again on your insurance, on your actual individual doctor and under which umbrella they operate, meaning is it more of a managed care HMO system or not, will really then um, uh, direct what labs, if any, are run. Um, in contrast, what I try to do is, again, um, I have the ability to really look at somebody's individual health history. So before somebody comes in, I will look at every single blood test or medical record before they visit me, um, and then I will, based on that and on a completed intake questionnaire, already have ideas of, you know, what what labs were already kind of abnormal historically. Um, What are their symptoms that are perhaps cluing me into certain health conditions? And so then that will enable me to decide what labs to run. Um, And then with the labs too, regardless of whom is ordering the lab test, you want to be really careful about the interpretation of the labs. So again, some physicians will just look to see if something is in a normal range. Right. However, there's an optimal range. So if we are 0.1 away from being abnormal, we don't want to be told reassuringly, this is this is fine. We want to know, no, 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 I'm, I'm in the perfect range. I'm in the optimal range. We don't want to wait for your levels to become abnormal for that then um, to lead to further analysis. Um, So it's both in the distinction between, if you will, more traditional care and what I really would propose is, number one, we want to individualize the analysis. We want to look at everything that's already been done, but we want to be cautious with interpretation of labs, um, striving again for that optimal range, and if things are not optimal, looking into that. Um, The last distinction I'd I'd like to talk about is really... How do we, you know, if we look at the medical care system, there's absolutely the need in Western medicine for acute care, meaning I fall and I fracture my hip, I have an acute pneumonia, I have a stroke. It is wonderful for for those acute situations. Um, When we look more in the realm of prevention, um, there are, again, different philosophies of prevention. Um, It's almost as though... Most facilities that are touting prevention, again, are just looking very minimally at health, um, where the emphasis, again, is on defining a state of disease or pathology. So meaning I'm not going to be very excited about a blood sugar until it is abnormal 
and then I will tell my patient, you now have prediabetes. Right. really want to look, well, what has my trend been? And if my blood sugar over 15 years has gone from 70 when I'm fasting up to nearly 100, that's all in the normal range. But if it has marched up steadily, like that's indicating I have a problem with blood sugar. So again, you don't want to wait until it's abnormal to then be given a diagnosis. You want a provider to be looking preemptively with you um, to decide where do we already want to make some health changes so that short-term we're better, but then long-term we're not going to be straddled with all these health diseases, right? Totally. Totally. And um, it's so interesting the way you put it all together, too. It's it's a, a far more investigative and in-depth analysis than what we would typically experience with our primary care physician. Yeah. And, and again, I think it's because, as you alluded to, it is so multifactorial. Yeah. You know, I'm not just a, a number. I'm not just, um, you know, there are so many aspects of health that you can't really just focus in on one number. It has to be overall, you know, metabolic conditions, hormonal conditions, organ systems. Like, they, you all have to look at everything. Right. Um, and then back to your question, too, you know, what is the difference between an MD versus an ND? You know, where, where are the distinctions? So, yes, I am trained in internal medicine, so traditional Western medicine, um, and learned a tremendous amount and, and loved my education. Um, that helps me immensely with understanding physiology. You know, how does my body work? Um, It helps me with identifying symptoms that could be clues to disease states. Um, And it helps me know how do I balance things? You know, how do I implement medications or lifestyle changes? Um, The functional medicine component is really um, more of a conceptual um, education, if you will, where the goal is to look at root causes of illness. So why do I suddenly have heartburn? Why do I suddenly feel fatigued? With the goal being that if we can identify the etiologies, can we reverse some of these rather than a more traditional approach of, yes, you have this GI distress, you have heartburn, here's an acid blocking pill to make you feel better. How do I help that patient? Well, I've, I've minimized their symptoms but what, what does that come at the cost of? Well, right. I haven't really figured out why you had the heartburn. I just treated the symptom. It's a Band-Aid approach. Right. So how I like to integrate the two is to always keep my Western medicine sort of hat on, if you will, but to try to dig a little bit deeper to figure out, if possible, what caused this imbalance so that then I can utilize um, more thoughtful treatment to see people feeling better as opposed to creating a longer laundry list of pills. Um, And then within functional medicine, there are different types of providers. Um, So there are some providers who are naturopaths, um, et cetera. And so, again, it's very um, individual in terms of how that provider may analyze a patient's condition, meaning a naturopath may have a different take um, than my take. Um, a lot of times in, in other analyses, um, there's a big push for food allergy testing um, or adrenal testing, and the cautionary note is you just want to make sure that everything is still grounded in evidence-based medicine. Sure. Um, so, for example, allergy testing, there are different types some of which are really 
evidence-based of a true food allergy and some that are really not evidence-based, and that can then lead to really improper recommendations um, and placing people on highly restrictive diets that really are not validated. Um, and so that's just the cautionary note, which you know applies to any doctor you see. Of course. I mean, there, there are good doctors and bad doctors. Of course. Of course. Lawyers. There are good lawyers and bad lawyers, sure. right? Sure. And, and, and the hardship is, as a patient, you don't necessarily know, um, but but again, I think you know, going through um, speaking to other patients who've had experience with a provider or looking at somebody's credentials um, can sometimes just be helpful in, in drawing conclusions about how you know, do I want this doctor or somebody else? Right. Does well, that make sense? It absolutely does. And here's where I want to go with this because the whole point of this podcast is really to try and help people live their best life possible. And mm-hmm. I think you spoke earlier, you used the um, acid reflux example as a perfect example of a way that people may potentially be what I'm going to refer to as settling, which is you sort yeah. of just accept this thing as normal. Let's talk about GI distress too. Like some of us that are maybe gluten insensitive, we just sort of get used to the fact that we're always going to feel bloated and uncomfortable after a meal. Um, or I'll speak to one of my personal examples that you helped me with. Like I had just kind of adjusted to the fact that I had a runny nose most of the time, especially <laughs> in the morning. And it was just like my new thing. And I kind of brushed it off as, uh, maybe it's seasonal allergies or maybe I'm, um, you know, uh, dealing with something in the environment or whatever. And the fascinating thing is I got to a place where I said this new normal that I'm dealing with right now for a variety of reasons doesn't feel okay to me. And you're right. If I had sought out certain providers, I probably would have been put on some antidepressants. I would have been put on some uh, medications to give me energy, perhaps like hormone supplements, things like that. Probably some sort of, you know, literally runny nose over the counter type medication. None of that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to start from the inside and really do an investigation. And you actually ordered a ton of blood work for me based on some of the things I was describing, which for our listeners benefit, I'm going to share my personal example because it resonates with a lot of people. You know, one is waking up feeling absolutely stressed out from the moment my feet hit the ground, feeling uh, frantic, rushing heart rate, heart palpitations, insane cravings for sugar, almost compulsive sugar consumption, trying to stay like energized with that. Um, the need for caffeine late in the afternoon because I'm super tired and lethargic. As I mentioned, the runny nose, um, constantly kind of chronically under-energized, even though I feel like I do so many things right. I get eight hours of sleep a night. I eat pretty well. Like knowing that I'm living a pretty clean life and eating pretty well, and yet my body's showing these manifestations of symptoms that I didn't like and like putting on weight around my midsection so you called in a bunch of blood work for me, and we found some answers, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We did. We did. Um, and I think it's, you know, with that, um, you know, two two things absolutely come to mind. I mean, number one, I think we are all often um, going, 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 and I think we're very quick to ascribe symptoms to it's just because I have so much going on, and when I have time, I'll kind of sift through it. Right. Or we right. say, well, it's because I'm getting older. Yep. I'm going to hear that all the time. And and it's really like we know our body so well. And so if there is anything that seems off, rather than ascribing it to lack of sleep or, or to just being more stressed, which, yep. again, those are important factors, but you really want to have it investigated, um, you, you you don't want to just be told it's because you're getting older and you should just rest more if you're an athlete. Um, there right. usually is something off. Um, there really is. 
Right. Or just to be told like, hey, sorry, but this is your new normal. Like this is your your life. And as you said earlier, we'll give you some sort of medication band aid to just slap on this new problem. And, um, and so we dug in and I loved the fact that you were asking me, like, do you have fillings in your mouth that might be deteriorating, which I know is a really significant concern, especially for older populations where they've got mercury that's like leaching into their bloodstream. You know, do you have mold exposure, which for me is like the one thing I thought I was allergic to is mold. Talk to me about your family history. Give me your blood results, which I gave you for the last eight years. We learned that numerous times my blood work actually showed that there were warning signs, but because those weren't the symptoms. I was presenting to my PCP at the time, or because like you said, they just barely fell within the normal range. They were all treated as normal. And so like the indicators were there for the better part of a decade. Um, And so for our listeners benefit, one of the coolest things you discovered was I had this random allergy to hazelnut, which was causing the runny nose. And it was when you shifted over to drinking. Right, right. I was in the the process of getting off dairy and I can't drink coffee black. I can't stand it. So I'd switch to coconut creamer. And of course I had invariably been drinking the hazelnut that coconut creamer and so hence this runny nose thing had started that was an easy fix and you even said to me like where are you possibly getting hazelnut in your diet other than maybe nutella and so it was just one of those small easy things that i changed and it it was like an immediate result right and so that's what i want for our listeners i'm so desperate for this for everyone and what i want people to understand is you need to be ready and willing to pay money out of pocket whether you use an hsa or you pay cash to see a functional medicine doctor like yourself um, because of the time and effort involved it's typically not something that health insurance is covering right now which i think is sad because i think this is the future of medicine i really do (laughs) but people need to be willing to invest in their health and um uh, I think it's life-changing. I mean, you've changed my life. We, we got me going on B12. We got me going on vitamin D. And again, like I'm outside 20 to 25 hours a week in the sunshine riding my bike. And so if I'm vitamin D deficient, I think about most people that aren't outside nearly as much as I am and how much they could even just benefit from that. Um, you taught me so much about my hormones being completely out of whack. We made some adjustments. There were no supplements or anything that we added Um, In that regard, we just changed some things about my lifestyle. We looked at stressors and what it was doing for my cortisol. So there was also some behavioral aspects to what the blood Mm -hmm. told us. And how common is that? I mean, in terms of like the behavioral changes that you implement. Sure, I'm guessing that's a big part of it. So common. You know, I think especially in the realm of cortisol, which is sort of your stress fight or flight hormone, um, but also with with the, you know, the importance of sleep. I mean, you read more and more about how sleep is so important, you know, with memory and with restoration of growth hormone, you know, and and also with exercise. So I, I think that as you have experienced too, the analysis of the goal is not to then also walk away with having to take a hundred more things no. or prescriptions <laughs> or supplements, but it's really to try to um, make changes in the diet. Um, so like how can we improve nutrition that is individualized rather than having a thousand things to take? Right. Um, and truly the word supplement is meant to supplement deficiencies that we are not able to correct on our own through diet and nutrition. Um, though as you found too, even making some work life balance changes had a dramatic impact on cortisol levels. Right. So so again it's it's oftentimes 
the labs underscore the the problems that we may have and then can really um, give us a number to look at but then to really say hey this is going to motivate me to make those changes whereas if we just sort of guess that maybe the problem is cortisol sometimes it's really harder for us to then make really important changes uh, without having that objective data that's driving those behavioral changes that that obviously are, are really important Right. And, and I think cortisol probably, if we had to pick one thing from my experience that probably touches most of our listeners, it is this notion of chronic stress. And uh, as I understand it, our origin, you know, cortisol was released to literally give you the uh, opportunity or ability to fight or flight in like a Bengal tiger attack situation. Yes, and exactly. And unfortunately, our society now is, is we're so ramped up between technology and overscheduled lives that our, our chronic stress, you know, fight or flight was meant to be like a moment in time. And then the cortisol level would recede and your body would reset. Right now, we've got these chronic stressors coming at us where there's no recession of that cortisol or resetting. We're just in this constant state of stress. And so when you told me that my blood work showed my cortisol in the morning, first thing upon waking was like at 27 and a half, the top end of the scale is a 22. You told me, Megan, your cortisol's off the charts in the morning. Um, yes, as you said, we could have slapped a bunch of drugs and medications and like, um, you know, things that like slowed me down and, and forced me to chill out. Instead, I took it on as a personal mission and challenge to make lifestyle changes. It literally became a bit of a game for me where it's like, what can I do to honestly force my physiology to be less stressed so that I can show in my blood work in that cortisol number that I'm less stressed? And we got there, didn't we? We did. We did. And again, um, I mean, you, you are exceptional in that you took everything and you went you went with it. I mean, you said, I, I recognize this now. I am going to make these changes. And I think it shows just the remarkable um, need that we have to really um, implement changes, to be willing and open to make the changes, but also the resilience that our bodies have. I mean, right. just with some changes, yes, you, you can revert to having an extremely healthy body that's functioning. And so, again, you, it, it doesn't take that much oftentimes. Nope. Um, but if we, if we keep riding that, you know, that adrenaline train, if you will, yeah. um, it really will lead to destruction. Um, right. And then the longer that goes, the harder it is to come back from that. Um, so I think, again, back to always like, hey, if we notice, hey, I used to drink a cup of coffee and now I need four cups of coffee to get through the day. The answer isn't stay on the four cups of coffee. No. It's like, well, why, why, why do I need this? What happened? You know, yep. am I anemic? You know, is my thyroid off? Is my cortisol off? Do I have sleep apnea? Like, you you don't want to just go for those quick fixes. Um, yes, there are times when you know we may need to go through a trial and we're up late, and nobody has per se the perfect work life balance every single day of their lives. Right. But I think if we find we're in a stretch where suddenly now we've backed off and we still feel exhausted or whatever the symptom is that really behooves one to go in and, and meet with our doctor. Totally. And um, I guess my desire, what drives me and what honestly motivated me to start this podcast and definitely to have you on is I want to thrive. I want to give my body and my brain the, the every possible opportunity to do its best for me on a daily basis yeah. so that I can show up in my best way possible in the world. And when I first met you earlier this year, I was not that. And based on just my emotional state, my physical state, the things I was craving, the things I was needing to get through my day, the way I felt, I knew that there was 
something that needed to change. And I felt like starting with the inside and literally having your blood tell you the story of what's going on is, is it, it's like, duh, you know, so apparent. But at the same time, most of us aren't doing it. And so that's what I love correct, about correct. your practice and this, you know, I will call it an emerging area of medicine yeah. in that um, it's treating the person and not just the symptoms, like you said, and not just slapping those Band-Aids on there. So, um, so in addition to seeing someone like you, what other suggestions would you make for people uh, to start kind of looking into this realm? Um, one, it sounds like, would be to gather previous medical records. Two, yep. I also heard you say, like, honestly, it's, it's going to take the slow down a little bit to even kind of pay attention to some of those things. So maybe, like, journaling the way you're feeling, is that helpful? Mm-hmm. That could be very helpful. You know, if um, some, some of my um, patients... Um, they may have apps that they use even for training, let's say, um, just to mark like, hey, am I running or walking or doing Pilates or yoga? And so oftentimes just writing in a little metric column of, I'm feeling kind of tired, you know, or gosh, you know, I still have a little bit of, of excessive bloating or so that that way there's objectivity that is brought to our journaling um, as opposed to looking back retrospectively. It's really hard then to make heads or tails like did I feel awful for four months or has it really been a year? Uh, um, so I do like your, your suggestion of the journaling. And, you know, you can you can go a little overboard with this, although I, I really like the data, so I definitely track my workouts, but then there was a while when I first started working with you, I was also checking my blood in the morning with just a very simple glucose monitor to see what my fasting blood mm-hmm. glucose was. I also use my training peaks where I log my workouts to enter those metrics, like you said, my weight, my yep. sleep. You know, sometimes we notice these trends with sleep. I've noticed that my sleep and my weight actually are correlated, You're taking away the workouts for a second. But then I started using a food journal app to also track my calories and, you know, noticing correlations between sleep and protein, for example, or the days that my mm. sugar intake is off the charts, the days that I tend to be ener- energy deficient tend to be the days that I overdo it with sugar consumption, for example. And so I think, um, yes, you could spend all day, you know, journaling and, and putting stuff in apps, but I think if you really want to get a good sense of what's going on and then pair that with the blood work results and work with someone like yourself, you start to kind of get a good sense of the messages that your body is sending you. Completely. I completely agree. Uh, it's pretty fascinating, <laughs> to be honest. It is, it is, and I think it's like to your point too, I mean there are different, um, there's a whole spectrum of what we do with that kind of data and how much is, as individuals we have time and also desire to look at the data. Um, so so again, I think it's, it's a very reasonable for people to say, hey, I have time to maybe jot down a few notes, but I, I may not, for whatever reason, I may not really um, have the ability to, to concretely put everything down and draw conclusions, but again, that's where a provider can help take all that data and analyze it to then make it much more um, straightforward for what one does um, so that you don't feel alone or unclear, like, I'm told I'm healthy, my blood work looks healthy, but I don't feel well. Right. Um, that's really, really, really frustrating. Right. Um, and again, regardless of which provider one sees, it's so critical to be your own advocate. You know, you pay money for insurance, right? And so sometimes taking a little bit more of that uh, personal advocate of, you know, I really do would like to run this test, you know, or I I really do want to have this evaluated. I I get I look healthy, um, but there's, I don't feel well, um, that that really is critical. Yeah. Well, I know I've got... Another doctor cannot tell you quote-unquote, you are well, 
unless they've really taken the time to thoroughly investigate it and have gone through what are all the things that is not, what might it be, so that we really have peace of mind knowing if we really are healthy or if there is something um, that, that even no small that it may be, correction thereof would really lead to dramatic improvement in health. And not just health, but honestly, like quality of life and just enjoyment, yes. enjoyment of life and, and that feeling of thriving or that feeling of being very, yes. um, you know, persistent of your very best life. And I know I need to let you go. I know you've got another appointment scheduled, um, but Dr. Silver, if people want to find you on the website, I will include a link to your website on our website, Maximum Enthusiasm. But just real quick, your website is Boulder Peak Health. You're located here in Boulder, Colorado. And um, I hope that people will reach out to you. And even if they're all over the country, they can perhaps start with you as someone who can um, you know, point them in the right direction um, or just find a functional health doctor in their area that has come highly recommended from friends or family, like you suggested. I do think this is the secret to getting our country's health back on track. I do, too. Uh, <laughs> I really do, too. Um, and I truly, truly appreciate your, your having me um, here today. And I'm always happy to answer any questions, um, but could not concur with you more that it does require a little bit of upfront legwork yep. um, and, and certainly does require some upfront financing. Yep. Um, but it, it is it is so worth it um, yes. because it, it just has such long-lasting ramifications. Absolutely. Um, so wonderful. Well, thank well, you so I much. I hope you have a great rest of your day, too. And um, maybe we'll, we'll talk another time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time okay. today, Dr. Silver. Have a great You're weekend. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hopman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.